Well, I want to welcome you here today. We've still got a number of people missing. They're on vacations. And uh, we got, uh, well, Curtis and Sue and April and her family, they've all headed down close to Austin. Uh, they'll be back, I guess, sometime early, uh, maybe tomorrow or next day, whatever. But they're on a little vacation down that way. And... Uh, David and Debbie Mullins, they should be in here next Sunday. They went to Oregon to see some family, so they're on the road. Uh, and we've just got a number of people that's just on vacation and they're out and everything. So what I'd like to do is I want to I pray for their safety on their return home, their driving, being on this highway. And I've got a, I've got a kind of couple people I'd really like to pray for. They're having a situation right now, and it's an unspoken request. But they're going through a lot of uh, difficulty right now at their house, and they won't be in church. But right now, circumstances are just not allowing them to leave home and come. And uh, I want to pray for them. They're a family that loves God, believe in God. And they trust in God. And we got a number of people that I talk to, and they're just under the weather, or they just got some things going on that uh, they're trying to work out. So what I want to do before we start the service is I just want to have a prayer. And I want to pray for these people. I'm not going to mention names or anything like that. Because, you know, some, sometimes it's just between a person and God. And God knows who it is, and he knows what's going on. And uh, But when we come to God on their behalf, and we stand up and we stand in for them, and uh, God hears that and he honors it. So if we would, I'd just like to have a prayer this morning before we get into the service. Our most heavenly Father, Gracious Heavenly Father, we love you. We come before you today. We have people that's gone. They're taking a break, Lord. They're on vacation. They just need some time to, to relax. And Lord, as they start home, and even on that vacation, Lord, I'm just asking you to put your hand upon them to guide them, protect them, keep them safe, Lord. And as they return home, Lord, that, that you will ride in that car with them. And Lord, and just protect them and bring them back to us safely. Lord, there's some that's not in church right now. They're, ha they're having a difficult situation. And, Lord, I'm just asking you, you know who I'm talking about. And, Lord, I'm asking you just to touch them, to touch that family. And, Lord, to, to help them to get back on the right track, Lord, and get things done so that they can get back in church. And, Lord, I'm just thanking you right now for everything you do, for your love, your mercy, your goodness. And, Lord, for he's, he, you said, whenever you have a need, bring it to me. I will hear you and I will answer when you call. And so, Lord, we're calling upon you now, asking you to put your hedge of protection around these people traveling and coming home. And, Lord, 
just to be with those that are going through a situation right now. Just give them that peace that passes all understanding, Lord, only as you can do. And, Lord, just let them know that you're walking with them, you're with them, and, Lord, everything is going to be okay because you are there. And, Lord, I'm thanking you right now in Jesus' most precious name that you're answering these prayers as we speak to you. And I pray this thing in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you all for allowing me that bit of time there. But uh, sometimes we just need to lift some people up. And many times you've probably needed that yourself. That you just needed to be lifted up and just to feel the presence of God in your life. And... Uh, my sermon this morning is not long because I know, you know, we're going to eat and all that kind of thing. But uh, I've entitled it, A Heart for God's Presence. Is your heart prepared for God to live in? Have you ever thought about that? What kind of condition is your heart in? Is it, is it prepared right now for God to come in and to live? Well, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at something here. You know, they say, we should never get angry. Well, Jesus did get angry. And he had a right to. It's what we call a righteous anger. And I'm going to read you several verses here, and you're going to see what I'm talking about. And then we're going to go into the message. But here, in John chapter 2, verse uh, 13 through 19. Now, this is Jesus. He's coming in into Jerusalem. It's getting almost time for him to go to the cross. But he's got some things he needs to do before he goes to the cross. And I'm going to look at this right here. And here in verse 13, it starts out, it says, And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. See, Jesus came back to Jerusalem for the Passover. And this is where he would go to the cross. He said in verse 14, and he said, and found, he went up to Jerusalem and found, it in, and found in the temple those that sold oxen, those that sold dove and sheep, and the changers of money, those that made that change money for people. See, in the, this is the temple. This is God's house that this is taking place in. Now, Jesus is here. He's walking through it, and he's getting angry. He sees what they're doing to his father's house. The temple is very sacred, just like the church, because it presents God's word. God looks over his church. He watches over his church. He sees what goes on in his church. And if there's things in there that displease him, he takes care of it. Just like what Jesus. Jesus saw some things. It made him angry. And sometimes God sees things going on in his house that makes him angry. And then it said here, and after he saw these money changers and all that sitting around, he did something. Jesus did something. It said here in verse 15, and when he had made a, a scourge or a whip out of small cards, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the money changers' money and turned over their tables. And Jesus said unto them that sold the dove, Take these things out of here. 
Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. This is my father's house. This is a house built in his honor. This is a house built to worship and honor him. Not to come in and do the things that you're doing. And Jesus' disciples remembered something. That it was written that the zeal or the love of God's house was consumed of me. This was consumed of Jesus. He loved his father and his house so much that he, Jesus was consumed about how things went on in the father's house. Then the Jews said unto Jesus, What sign can you show us seeing that you do these things? Or what can you show us to show us that you have the authority to do this? And Jesus answered, and he said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Well, of course, they had the wrong idea. They was thinking about the temple, the main temple, the physical temple. That's not what Jesus was talking about. He said, I'm going to show you something that you can't help but believe. And we know that that was Jesus was referring to himself as a temple. He was referring to his own body. That after they had crucified him, he would be buried. And then in three days, he would rise again. And, he, 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 and he, that would be proving he was the Messiah. He was the Son of God, and he was the Savior of the world. But we can see Jesus gets angry over how things happen in his house. When he saw all that going on, he made a whip, and he drove those people out. Turned over the, drove all the animals out, the people out, turned the money changers' tables over, and run them out of the temple. And so that's how Jesus feels about his house. That's how he feels about his house right here. When things are not right and people do not respect God's house, God can become angry. And we wonder, well, why is these things happening to me? What's going on? God looks at the heart. Is our heart really for God? See, God, it's just like he said, God does not look on the outer appearance of a person. God looks upon the heart. That's what they said about David and Saul. They said that, they, that, that, that man looked on Saul's outer heart because he was so much bigger and stronger and more powerful looking. That's what they looked at. They looked at his outer appearance. But when God chose David, a little shepherd boy, he looked at David's heart. He saw how strong David's heart was for him. And, that, and God himself chose David to be the king of Israel. When God looks at us, how does he see our heart? How does he see our heart? Is he pleased with us? Is he pleased with what we do? Is he pleased with how we act in his house? But in, I want to show you something. But in today's passage, we see a powerful picture of Jesus' love and zeal for God's house. We see how much Jesus loved God's house. And he didn't mind going in there and clearing that temple. Because there was no, there was no respect for God. There was no respect for God's word. That was God's house. And they were disrespecting it. God's temple was intended to be a holy place. 
a holy place of worship, but it had been turned into like a marketplace. It was a place full of noise, chaos, distractions. The temple was anything but a place of worship. And when God, when Jesus walked in there and he saw that, anger went through him. Because he knew how much his father loved those people. And yet, they were disrespecting God and his house and the things of God. And at Jesus seeing all this, he became filled with like what I called a while ago, a righteous anger. And he cleared and he cleansed his father's house. Restoring it back to the purpose for which it was built, to worship God. Jesus got rid of all that, and that temple was restored back. The people came back, and they worshiped God like it was intended. And God's presence showed up, and those people were so blessed. And those money changers, those animal sellers, and all that were never allowed back in there again. They would not let them come back. You know, the act of clearing the temple showed the depth of Jesus' love for the church and the love for God's temple. If you all will think about it, the temple is God's dwelling place, physically on earth. His real dwelling place is in our heart. His real dwelling place is in us. This church right here is just a place where the actual church meets you are the church you're God's church and he loves you look at what Jesus was doing those people those that loved and wanted to come to the temple they couldn't even come in there because of what was going on this made Jesus very angry and he removed them and they was able to come back into that temple and worship God like it was intended to be. You know, just as Jesus cleared or deeply cared about the physical temple, he also cares deeply about the temple, you, your heart. You are the temple, for you are the temple of God your heart. God resides in you. You become the temple. You see, our heart can also become kind of like this temple was. It can become cluttered with worldly distractions and impurities even that can hinder our relationship with God and maybe even stop God from hearing your prayers. When we let things come into our heart that clutters our heart, that makes no room for God to get in there, it'd be kind of like Jesus coming in, and that's what he wants to do. He wants to cleanse our heart. He wants to get rid of the, the worldly clutter out of our heart so that we can have a better understanding and a better relationship with God and where God will hear and, and, and answer our prayers. Sometimes our prayers never get to God. Because of several different things. Disobedience is one of them. Unforgiveness is one of them. But there's many things out there that can stop 
our, our priors from reaching God. And it can, help, it can hinder our relationship with God because of the way we act. If we let these things go on in our life, we're not honoring God. If we're not honoring God, why should God honor us? Why should God honor us if we're not honoring Him? And the thing is, He loves us so much. He's willing, He did. He was willing to do any and everything He had to do to draw us to Him. And he, he did that through His Son, Jesus Christ, and through His death, and through His resurrection. Through everything that Jesus did, it was nothing for Jesus. It was all for us. Every bit of it was for us. That was God's love, His compassion, and His mercy that He just poured out all over us because of His love. You know, I think at all times that we may, all of us at times, have allowed some worldly things and sinful habits, even wrong priorities. What kind of priority do you have? Where is God at in your priorities? Is He number one? Is He first? Or is He way down the line somewhere? God should be number one in our life. We should worship Him, come to Him, honor Him. Make Him number one first in your life. When you make God first in your life, then everything else in your life will line up. It'll be right. It'll be like it's supposed to be. And uh, so, But that's how much God cares for us. He cares about our, our respect for Him, for His Son. For the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of you. You know, it tells us in the Bible that is the one thing that God will not forgive. is dishonoring the Holy Spirit or blaspheming the Holy Spirit. He said that is an unforgivable sin. That's how much God thinks about that Holy Spirit. You know, that Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you. That day you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God placed the Holy Spirit into your heart. Are you taking care of that Holy Spirit? Are you honoring that Spirit that's living in you? Are you respecting that Spirit that's living in you? With all this in mind, just think, is God first in my life? Is He number one? Am I honoring God in what I do, what I say, how I act? The people see God in me when I come out. When I'm walking in, you go to Walmart. Have you ever had somebody walk up to you and say, you know, there's just something different about you. Something different about you. I just see something different about you. I hope you tell them it is. It's that God lives on the inside of me. And I love him and he loves me. That's what's different about me is the presence of God in my life. Maybe there are areas in our heart we have allowed, like I said, allowed some worldly things to come into and take the place and devotion of God. But Jesus wants us to invite Him into the temple of our hearts. He wants us to ask Him to come inside of us and live. And uh, He wants to transform us, purify us, and drive out those things that are hindering our relationship with God. Do you have anything in your life right now that's hindering your relationship with God? Jesus said, I'll get rid of it. You let me come into your heart, I'll remove them. 
I want you to have a relationship with God that you feel God's presence in your life. You know God's walking with you and you know that God is with you. Sometimes these things, you know, the devil is so susceptible about the way he does things. He can do things in your life before you even realize it was him and what he did. But it will. It will show up. And the first thing you need to do is rebuke that devil, get rid of him, and just tell God, God, forgive me. Come back into my heart. Walk with me. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And watch over me. Keep my heart strong and pure for you. You know, that would please God so much for us to ask him something like that. Jesus wants us to invite him into our heart and allow his power, like I said, to transform us and to purify us. And he's going to get rid of the things that are hindering your relationship with God. He will remove them. You're going to feel some things take place in your life. When you're serious about God, you're going to feel things. Don't resist them. Some people, some people well, I don't know. I've, I've never felt this before. I'm not sure this is what I want. It's God. And God is going to do some things in your life. He's going to change your life. If only you'll let him. If only, and we have to let him. He is not going to force himself in on us. He's not going to force himself into our lives. But by Jesus' death and his resurrection, what does he do? What does God offer us? He offers us forgiveness, redemption, and a new beginning in a relationship with God. You know that Jesus lets you start over again, even though you've messed up? He'll let you start. He'll give you second chances. As a matter of fact, they say he is a God of second chances. That he forgives and he restores. He'll come back into you. And he'll never count your sin against you again. It says that he will never remember it again. So you don't have to remember, have to worry about Jesus bringing up a sin that you ask him to forgive. Because he says he won't do it. He has totally forgiven you. That sin is gone. It's forgot about. And you're starting a brand new life in Christ. What we need to do is respond to Jesus' call today by surrendering our hearts and our life, allowing him to remove those things that are, that are, that is, that's hindering our relationship with God. We need to ask Jesus. If there's things in our lives, we need to ask him, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I need another chance. I messed up. I messed up, Lord. And now I'm coming to you, and I'm asking you to forgive me, Take those things away. Walk with me, Lord, and use me in a mighty way of serving you. Become that new creation that God means for you to be. When we come to Jesus, we're not that same old. You know, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, Did Nicodemus, in order for you to get there, you must be born again. You must be born again. You know, and Nicodemus didn't understand that. He said, how can I go back into my mother's womb? Jesus was saying to be born again, you become a new creation in God. You become a new person in God. You start a new life. It's like you're being born again into a brand new life, walking with and serving God. 
And we've even got a scripture that I'm going to close with it. And I use it a lot because it means so much to me because that's what I had to do. I had, I had to change my life in order to walk with God. But it's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he becomes a new creation. All the old things have passed away. Everything has become new. It's like your old life is totally, completely gone. You don't have that no more. You're starting brand new with Jesus. You're starting a brand new day. If you watch it right now, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me, come into my life. Your life is starting brand new today. Today. All the old life, the old sins, everything that you did is gone. It's not here anymore. You're starting a brand new walk with Jesus. And many of us need that. We've let stuff pile up in our hearts, into our thoughts. It's kind of pushed Jesus out. It's like, it's like we're saying, Lord, I don't have room in my life for you anymore. Never, ever do that. Always make room for Jesus. Be that new person. Be that person that Jesus died on that cross for. Be that person that he came and gave his life for. Every one of us owe Jesus a big debt of gratitude. Every one of us. If it wasn't for him, every one of us would be on our way to hell right now. But through him, you have eternal life. You have forgiveness. And you're going to have the most beautiful home you could ever imagine in heaven. A lot of you right now have got family, friends, even children that's waiting on you in heaven. Have your heart prepared to go and be with them. Just remember how much he loves you. And there's not anything that he will not do for you. He showed us that on the cross. I'll do whatever I have to to get you to heaven. So if you're here today, I want to ask the band, if they will, to come up. If you're here today and you've kind of pushed Jesus out a little bit, why don't you invite him back in? Invite him back in. Ask him, Lord, come back into my heart. Walk with me. Touch me. Be with me. He'll do it. So as they play, if you need to, we have an altars up here. Come up and just talk to Jesus. Ask him what you need. Tell him what you need. He'll hear you if he's coming from your heart. Jesus knows if you're fake or you're phony. Be honest and be truthful with Jesus. And he'll cleanse you, clear you, and he'll make the hill. Matter of fact, he'll stamp your ticket, and you'll be on your way to heaven when time comes. So I will ask the band to play. If there's any, if you need to ask Jesus into your life, or if you just need to say, Lord, I need to be restored. He'll do it. <laughs> mm -hmm.